episode of currently binging the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time welcome make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds to rate comment all greatly appreciate it so we are discussing season two of the will of time if you are if you clicked on this because you read the books then i am going to forewarn you that this may not be the episode for you because i I did not read the books. I have no clue what happens in the books. I am purely coming at this from being a viewer of the TV show. And it seems like there's a lot of nuances and things and I don't have all that context. So (laughs) if you're coming here trying to get that perspective, uh, that is not what you're going to get from this. You're just purely going to get my thoughts on the show being someone who's never read the books and they might not be thoughts that you like so (laughs) there's that um but as always there will be spoilers um and yeah I did talk about season one so if you haven't checked that out go back and listen to that I'm sure those thoughts are probably sporadic and a little bit all, all over the place and I'm pretty sure I talked about like oh this is based on a book um or a series of books rather and I'm trying to see. I don't think that I did the, um, like the look up of like, who is the author of the books? Let me, let me do that really, really quickly. Um, but this is based on a series of books, which again, I have not read and this is season two. So season one dropped about, um, a a little over a year ago, I want to say before I get into that. Let me actually get the book name. It's a 14, oh my gosh, it's a 14 book series. I don't remember speaking about this. At least what I'm looking at, okay, has the author as Robert Jordan. Yes, Robert Jordan. 14 books, that's a lot. Oh my gosh, I don't think I talked about that in the first season. But it's a 14 book series. That is a lot. That's a lot. And we're going to talk about where they're saying we're going to be at in relation to the books for season three. But that's a lot. My gosh. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But uh, season one, or we're on season two. Season one dropped, let me see. In 2021. So it's been just under two years since we've gotten it. Actually, this kind of like as time goes on, you all know, we're watching all the things. So I have a little bit. It kind of left my mind. It's like, OK, whatever. But then it showed up in my up next on Apple TV. And I was like, oh, yeah, this I do have to watch. And so when it's been that long of a time, it's like, what the heck happened in the first season? Uh, anyway, I don't I can't remember if we got a recap because you all know I love Give me a recap. I'll watch the recap, especially if it's been a considerable amount of time <laughs> since the last season dropped. But essentially where we end up is that everyone split. The things that I could remember from the first season is that all of the kids think, and mind you, they may not be kids, but I'm going to call them kids because like these are the the ones where, um, what's her name? Uh, Moraine was trying to figure out who is the... Um, Dragon Reborn. So like there's a group of four, four of five of them. 
<laughs> so I want to refer to them as the kids because it's just easy for me to keep track of them of it that way because there are so many people in this show. But um, so they all think that Rand died in the battle or not battle, but like the fight that they had last year. But lo and behold, he's actually really alive. He's on his own, but everyone else is split up. The only two who seem to be in the same area is uh Nynaeve and oh my gosh what's her name Egwin those two are at the same place they're trying to become accepted like they they have the um I don't want to call it the calling but that seems to be the only thing that come to my mind right now <laughs> so they are trying to to uh strengthen their at least this is my interpretation of it. Again, not reading the books and kind of being a semi-fantasy watcher because I'm very particular about like the fantasy type things that I watch. This one's a little bit more on the fringes of what I watch. Um, so it's why it's a little bit like, okay, you're going you're gonna to realize that as we continue to go on and I talk through my thoughts. But um, they're essentially trying to hone in their skills so that they can become uh, one of the accepted. And then in this world, only women are the ones who have the calling, which I don't want to keep calling it the calling. Channeling. There we go. Because it's two C, it's a C word. So I'm like the calling. I don't even know where the calling is coming from. Probably a different show I'm watching. But <laughs> women are the only ones and girls are the only ones who can channel. Guides cannot. So if they do channel, then they think that they are crazy and they essentially um, lock them up. And so we find out like Rand is the dragon reborn. Like we find that out by the end of, by, or do we, I mean, I guess we kind of do find it out in last season, but he is the dragon reborn. He can channel, he is a man. And so they say like if a man can channel, like they lose their minds, they go crazy. And so he's kind of been off on his own uh, with, one of the Forsaken who we are introduced to this season, Celine, which I believe she goes by another name. And you all know I take notes, so I have to literally look through my notes to see her other name. Um, but she is shielding herself because she like he doesn't know that she's bad but essentially come to find out as soon as he hook, links back up with Moraine that she is indeed bad but also because of Dragon Reborn like it's literally someone who's who's like being reborn from a previous lifetime <laughs> like all these they've had relationships in the past and so apparently him and her were like very very close very very um intimate relationship that they have and so she still strongly feels that whereas Rand is like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I'm not this person who you think that I am I do not have these intimate um feelings towards you even though they do kind of like spark something up but then once he finds out who she really is it seems like there's still a connection but he's able to think with his head a little bit just a little just just a little bit <laughs> So you have that going on. You have um, Perrin who is running around with the wolves, semi. Well, at least the wolves is running around with him. He's found him a new group of people to be with, which actually one of them includes, which let me pull it up because I literally, 
was looking at his um his photo because you like in case you all don't know because I don't have um you can't see me you're listening to me so I have my notes pulled up <laughs> and then I also have IMDb pulled up so it's like a split screen uh just in case I need to pull someone's name who I may not have pulled in my notes I generally try to pull out like the top cast like put all their names in my notes in one line just so it's easy to see but like everyone else who may not show up as often they are usually generally not in my notes and I don't and so I usually end up having to um look for them but the guy I'm talking about Arnes oh you all know I I am bad at names and he has a very long last name but he is from the last kingdom <laughs> Which, if you've listened for a while, you know that is one of my favorite shows. I've talked about it. I have multiple episodes on The Last Kingdom, so you can go back and listen to it. But he played Citric in The Last Kingdom. And so when I saw him pop up, I was like, wait a minute. Is that Citric also, like, not even typecasting, but just a little bit. You love to play these type of period pieces. But he looks good and he, like, it just fits his look or whatever. So that was um, funny to see and also to see him make it to the end and not die. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe he will, um, like, maybe he will have more of a role in future seasons. Because we didn't really hear much from him. Look at me already getting distracted because I'm like, oh, the Lion's Kingdom. <laughs> um but we didn't have much of a um like a role from here or hear much from him but he plays Masima so maybe I don't know but like why would we why would like we know especially if you're watching well maybe not because this is more fantasy than I think The Last Kingdom is but if you're watching these types of things then I feel like it's easy for you to see some crossovers so why would you have this person in here if they're not going to be important in the beginning or in the future I don't know I don't know but um Perrin he's like made these new group of friends uh he comes up against a lot of even though like I don't think that his story is hard to say because I feel like it could be oh who do we focus the most on I do think we do focus a lot on the girls and Rand more so than the guys Perrin and Matt because Matt, it was moments where I was forgetting Matt was even a part of this show until he showed up and I was like, oh yeah, he is one of the, one of the um, kids in the group. But um, Perrin, I do think his, he, we saw him significantly on screen, but like his story, I, I'm not sure, having not read the books again, I am not sure how much of what we've seen of him plays into what happens in the future outside of him learning more about who he is being that he is a wolf brother again that I had to put that in my notes because like I don't I don't really know what he is but um that or like what's like what you call someone who's I, I thought he was part wolf if we want to be completely honest I was like okay wait a minute is he part wolf but Clearly, no, that's not. He has, like, a connection to the wolves, which makes him a wolf brother. I don't know. He could still be part wolf. You all let me know if you know more about what he actually is. But I'm assuming you're going to see more. But he clearly has a connection to the wolves. And we get to see that him learn more about it. And he become, and he comes close to one of them who ends up um, dying in the end trying to protect him. And then 
Perrin went like batshit <laughs> and killed um, old dude's father like right in front of him. So I'm sure there's going to be some tension between those two in the future. Quickly on Matt, because I, I just don't see this being too, too long of a discussion. But quickly on Matt, because again, there were moments where I forgot he even existed. We know he's been resisting um, after he last season seen him with the knife and him being controlled by the knife so he's been kind of he's been locked up by uh Leandrin which she's she's been a busy bee this season because come to find out she has been um working for the evil side <laughs> so she ends up pretty much getting the girl's but specifically Egwin caught in her situation that she finds herself in. But Matt, we do see him. He meets um, another captured person who we find out was also working with, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? I already forgot her name and I literally just said it. Leandrin. <laughs> I told y'all, there are too many names and too many people. Uh, she was working with Leandrin and so pretty much so that she can keep an eye on him because like she's trying to essentially um, get in good favor so that her son who we see is dying can be saved but like he doesn't I think I believe he ends up dying anyway um, so that's what's happened with Matt we also find out that Matt is the horn sounder so he does in the end in the like the big end battle which I have to say the last episode was probably my favorite episode of the entire season which <laughs> I mean there was there all the things that I like action the the gang was back together we'll get into that in a minute but <laughs> he's like the horn sounder or whatever and so I guess when he when he blew a horn now again did not read the books but in one article that I read apparently what he saw was past versions of himself. Let me know if that's for real or true. Uh, because like all the kids are essentially good, even though he did stab Rand, he didn't do it intentionally. And so like overall, they're all good. Um, and he is also good. Like he is not evil. He was able to resist um, being tempted by the knife again, which we saw. So like that speaks to his character and him being essentially good and so that was matt okay how many i've gone through three there's two the girls let's talk about the girls so nynaeve she clearly was very has very very talented she's able to channel in a way that um they haven't seen before and so and plus um leandrin had like ulterior motive for trying to get her um fast track to being accepted and so you kind of see her being put more on a pedestal in comparison to Egwin, who just seems like she's being overlooked, even though they're going through the same program, essentially. And so um, Leandrin ends up, like, getting her to go through the... I wonder if I wrote it down. <laughs> the arches. I did write it down. Thank you, Eva, for taking notes on this. <laughs> she gets her to go through the arches, and it seems like she's lost and she's not going to come back. Um, because when it's like, you see, you only get one chance when the door appears, you have to go through the door and like the door kind of fuzzily appeared, but didn't. And so she kind of ignored it, but then it does end up coming up again later on. And she does 
seem to, after she's been in there for what seems like years, because she's married, she has a whole kid. Um, and so she, um, like shakes through and ends up walking through. And so she ends up becoming accepted, but then we find that it's hard for her to be able to channel and she has some kind of block that's happening there. But like I said, Leandrin ends up taking both girls and also, uh, Elaine, who's a new character, which not gonna lie. When I first met, when we first see Elaine all the way up through until the last episode, <laughs> I was over Elaine. I just don't like rude characters. And she was coming off as r rude with all caps. Just rude. <laughs> rude and um, oblivious. I just don't like those types of traits in a character. And so I was over her. But um, we see, which I think I wrote this down. <sighs> Maybe I didn't. Maybe I did. Okay, I did write it down, where that, write down where they got abandoned. So I spelled this because, you know, I have to watch this with the caps on <laughs> or with the captions on. <laughs> and so fam, fam, it's F-A-L-M-E, but y'all know when I, how I hear it. And then when I go back and read, I'm like, this does not sound like how they were saying it. But essentially that's where she left them, which is a place where if you can channel, you are seen as, bad I'm using air quotes and like you are someone's property it was very Egwin went through the ringer let me tell you because a lot of her scenes just the way that um girls who can channel are viewed and they're essentially property like summoned or used like dogs it was just very 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 much it was a very much no for me <laughs> watching it I was just like oh my gosh I don't like her scenes it because you knew eventually at some point she was going to be able to break free. I thought it would happen sooner than it did. Not necessarily like the very last episode. But it was just very hard. And she had a lot of restraint. And she was really playing the long game and looking. Even though like you would see her do some things where you're like, girl, you're not going to get out. Like, just stop before she kills you. And you see, um, uh, what's her name? Which I wrote this down. Raina, who was like her, I don't even know what they're called, but like her handler or her master in a way. And we do see her cut her hair as like punishment in episode eight or the last episode because only eight episodes. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know. She just went through the ringer and I don't know how it plays out in future season sins, the S in parentheses, because I'm not sure how many more seasons we're going to get. But... That girl has a lot of will <laughs> and I would feel some type of way having gone through the experience that she went through. I just don't see how you shake that quickly because you were essentially someone's property and a piece of you because it's especially when we look at Moraine and when she wasn't able to channel like channeling seems to be a piece of them. So when like a piece of you is subdued, like you can't do it, you can't access it like it feels like someone ripped it away from you I don't know I feel like that has long-lasting effects and it will be interesting again not knowing what happens in the book seeing as seeing where we're going to go based off of um what I want to say talk about for season three but I just feel like that just has to stick to you and it takes a minute to try to get through it so I don't know Edwin went through Edwin went through the ringer but she came out on top <laughs> She killed 
I'm not she didn't kill all of them. She killed a lot of them girls, and she killed Reyna. And Reyna like asking for. Also, it was I thought it was interesting the way that she was able to overcome Reyna's hold on her and essentially like put it back on her. And then she and Reyna was like, "Oh, you can't control me." She's like, "But you can control me. You're part of me." I was like, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> and then she ends up killing her. I was like, "I don't let the same people deserve it." My by gosh, what she put her. It was just ugh, ugh, ugh. okay. But anyway, so that was Eglin. Um, Elaine, we don't really see. We just know that she is of importance just based off of who she is, who she's a daughter of. And I'm assuming we're going to get more from her. She's not really part of the five, but it seems like we're going to, she's going to be there for a little bit because she is one of the ones standing on the tower when we see, um, Rand be publicly proclaimed as the dragon reborn. But again, I think I went through all the kids. Moraine, we saw her struggling with uh, being able to channel. It ultimately ends up being Rand who helps her because he's able to um, use his channeling to help her get unblocked, which that happens in like episode seven yeah literally the episode before the finale because i have ran cuts the knot or yeah ran cuts the knot the forsaken left in moraine so she can now channel again um so we see that happen but we also see because she severed the tie between herself and lan and so we see him kind of a little bit struggling with that um i don't know maybe i just need more history <laughs> about how we got here what this all means like how do you become I mean I guess they kind of tell us a little bit in season one but I feel like I may have forgotten about it or maybe I just need a little bit more but it just seems like these people are connected in a deeper way that I don't even think if you're if you haven't read the books I don't know that it's that obvious the how we get to the point of them being connected in the way that they're connected and maybe it's being buried in um dialogue and that's why it's just like okay but these people are like soul ties soul ties <laughs> like Lance was just out here lost <laughs> for like almost the whole season <laughs> because Moraine was like uh-uh and cut him out it was just wild so yeah, so that they were just both just trying to figure it out and Moraine just out here keeping secrets on a solo mission, cut out land, cut out like all of her sisters, I guess you call them, um, and at the White Tower, even to the point where we saw her finally, um, I don't know if it's a showdown really, but we see her um, go against, what's her name? Because she rarely makes an appearance as well. Uh, Siwan, which I do have her. Or she, again, another one, which I, because I have the captions on, I can <laughs> spell there. Also, Prime is good about if you want to know somebody's name and you just like tap on it. It shows you that actor and then their character name. So that's also how I write their names in. So then when I read it later, I'm just like, oh, this does not sound right. But Siwan, Shawan. <laughs> <laughs> she even seeing Moraine go against her as well. And we kind of got like a little bit more of their backstory very quickly um, and got to see like their relationship runs deep, deep, deep. And so that was interesting as well to see. 
and I like when they like you don't have to give me a whole episode of like backstory but if you can just give me some scenes from from if you if we can rewind a little bit and give me a couple of scenes that can just help give some additional context especially in shows like this with like these really big fantastical stories that have like so many characters so so much world building involved like I, I I feel like we need some of that to help with context especially if you don't read the books again hopefully you all took my warning at the beginning but if you read the books <laughs> this is not the episode for you or you may not even just like what I have to say because again I did not read the books but anyway so um we have that with Moraine I'm trying to think of what else with Moraine we see her come in and try to help Rand from like the outside looking in a little bit. Even the whole showdown at the end, like she does end up helping because she's able to break the hold that the um, girls who are channeling have on him. I can't remember what they call it specifically. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Nope, I didn't write it down. <laughs> So we do see her do that, but she's like on a beach with land, like in the far distance and they do it. Whereas like everyone else is at the tower. And then she's the one who like sends up the dragon to like proclaim publicly that Rand is a dragon reborn. So that was all of them. I think quickly before we get into talking about season three. Okay. If you have listened, welcome new listeners, but if you have listened to any of my other episodes, especially shows about um, groups of people, then you know the thing that I love the most is when the groups are together, they're working together, whether it be a group of friends, it be family. Like, I just love those relationships and those scenes and them together. And the fact that it took us literally eight episodes to get a, like, all- crew moment I literally wrote well it's like finally the entire crew is back together and it's like 10 minutes left in, in the episode like we knew that they were eventually going to get there but it was like my gosh did it take long for us to get there so um for them to be known as and I I have this open because I don't think that I knew that this is what they were called but like Eamon's Field 5 but they are all after the, yeah, Eamon's Field 5. I don't. I really don't know what that means. And this is me pulling it from an article. Because I'm not sure that I've heard. I mean, I could have. And it could have just like went in one ear out the other. But I, I don't recall hearing it in the show. Um, maybe season one. But I don't remember hearing it season two. And so for them to be. To have a crew name. <laughs> like, I want to see more crew moments. And so I just fear that even though we ended this season with them all together, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to still all be together in the next season. Like, what does that look like? How do they all work together? What is the dynamics between this group? Because we did get to see a lot of them together in season one, just because it was like, they had no clue what was going on. They were just approached by this woman who was like, one of you are the most important person in a war that is coming up in the future. And I need to protect all of you because these forces are are after you all like okay that makes sense then we come to this season for the most part everyone's scattered all over the place and then we end with them all together but it's like okay but how much of that is really going to be with them being together that much in a season three especially considering like some of the things that came up about 
like what they would potentially do in a um, season three. And this is f based off of what the showrunner said. And this was at New York Comic Con, which recently happened. Was this this past weekend? Yeah, I think it was this past weekend. New York Comic Con. And some of the things that I pulled out from what he said around what season three is going to be about is going to focus on storylines from book four with elements from book five. Again, didn't read the book, so I have no clue what this means. But he says we're going to meet more of the Forsaken, which I thought seemed pretty obvious considering that we're introduced to, I think it's Moghedian, <laughs> who Ishmael, before he is killed by Rand, he released her because he suspected that Landfear, there's her other name, Celine's other name. <laughs> He's, so he suspected that she would portray him. So I thought that it was pretty obvious that we would see more of them. Also, it seems like there's quite a few of them in the books, uh, but I... I'm not sure how many of them from the books we will see in the actual show. And then he said that we would explore the concept of dream walking. So this is the ability to enter dreams of others. Again, having not read the books, <laughs> I don't really know what that means. And like, who was doing the dream walking? Because it kind of seemed like a little bit of that was happening between Rand and Celine slash Lanfear. But because it seems like she is really able to or easily able to visit people's dreams. So what does that what does that mean in this context is that is it that anyone can now visit dreams or is it specific people who are visiting dreams? Also says we're going to return to two rivers, which that gives me a little bit of hope, like maybe the gang will stay together. Um, but we're going to visit to, we're going to return to rivers and we're also going to explore unseen on screen fan favorite cities. Again, I haven't read the book. So saying that they're fan favorite cities does not do anything for me because I have no clue what those cities are. I think that he did call them out. Um, at least in the article that I read of his, um, like what he had to say about season three, but I did not write them down because I was just like, I have no clue. This this means nothing to me <laughs> without additional context. Um, and then he also said, which I think this is interesting, that we will delve into the Aes Sedai's politics at the White Tower because you all know I love context. I love like explain it to me. Let me know. Give me all the things. Don't just assume. Like I like to I, give educate me. So I think that would be interesting because I think especially this season, it seemed like all of them were on the same page, but it, it seems like there's some splintering happening and there are some covert groups who are like, it seems to be a split of them going after or wanting the Dragon Reborn for different reasons. And there's a, a real divide and I think the divide is going to be those who are with Shawan <laughs> that still does not sound right and those who are on the side of Moraine and so I think it'll be interesting to delve into kind of how the White Tower became how we how how are they the like I have like give me I need the I need the historical context how are they who they are today um 
that would be interesting to see. So when I when I read those things, I'm just like, I don't know how much of this means that all the kids stay together. Uh, and it seems like there may be a little bit more splintering, splintering happening in season three. But right now, again, I said this when I talked about season one, this was renewed for seasons two and three at the same time. So we for sure have season three coming. Hopefully it's already filmed and they just need to release it. And so it hopefully won't be almost two years before we get it. I would assume and hope that they filmed seasons two and three together. So that is a shorter lead time to give a season three. And then I think we're still waiting. And I'm assuming it's going to be based off of season three performance on if we're going to get a season four or seasons after that again 14 books in a series we're only going to be at about book five <laughs> season three so i'm not anticipating that we wrap this up but this is kind of giving me um oh my gosh what is that show called another show that i actually enjoy watching that has like a group two kids who you get to follow and i also talk about wanting to see more of them um together but his dark materials which is the other show which was on HBO where I believe that was also based on books but we and it felt and it felt kind of like we were it was a trek to get to this war that they kept alluding to but we knew it was three seasons so it was like season three we're going to get to this war but here is <laughs> like with um the will of time I don't know when we're gonna get to the war <laughs> just based off of how much material we have to cover I'm like I still am like do I go back? Is this really 14 books? That is wild to me. That is wild to me that this is a 14 book series. Because I'm looking at Amazon and it says, Will of Time, and then parentheses, 14 book series. That's wild. Wild. But anyway, so that's really all I have for the Will of Time. I want to know what you all thought about season two. Are you looking forward to season three? What do you want to see in season three? Am I the only one who just wants to see more of the crew together? Because I'm just that person. <laughs> Let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently binging on Instagram and at current binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.